Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Old Testament reading from Numbers chapter 21, particularly verses 8 and 9, where the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So far our text. A very familiar psalm says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. As the Israelites were going from Egypt to the promised land, they need all the help they can get. The Edomites had just forbidden passage through their kingdom. They would have been straightway from Egypt and Mount Sinai to the promised land now had to be gone around. Another detour along the journey that most thought would be easy. No wonder the people get impatient along the way. As they express their impatience, their ever-patient God sent judgment upon them. And He also elevated their only source of redemption. Judgment and redemption sent together and very clearly illustrated through basic symbols. God's stern judgment against Israel's complaints is very visual. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. His judgment is so vivid that you can see the serpents slithering out from everywhere as you read and hear it. The entire encampment seemed to be surrounded by these creatures, creatures sent from God for the acknowledgement of their sin and His judgment. Any Israelite who is familiar with their history and their faith would instantly recognize God's judgment and the serpents. The serpent was the one who tempted Adam and Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. How fitting that God would send serpents into the people who cried out, We loathe this worthless food. This worthless food was the bread that came down from heaven every morning. Sustenance from the very hand of God. Worthless? I think not. But the Israelites are very similar to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve could eat from every tree in the garden, except one. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were even allowed to eat from the tree of life next to it. But the serpent sowed the seeds of doubt about God's goodness in their minds. That doubt blazed the path that all evil desire now seeks to follow, as St. James reminds us. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Death came along because Adam and Eve desired to be like God as the serpent had deceived them. When Adam and Eve sinned, death began its slow march until the last day when it will finally be defeated. Adam and Eve didn't die from the fruit, but a death happened 
that day. The Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Animals were killed to cover Adam and Eve's sin and shame. Sacrifices became a thing that day. The way to look up to God for salvation. Just as the serpent was the cause of our first parents' sin, God sent serpents out to punish the Israelites for their complaints. But these weren't your ordinary garden variety serpents. These were fiery serpents. They spit out venom that truly boiled your blood. A very agonizing and terrifying way to die. The venom was also fast-acting. There was not much time for the person who was bit to receive help. The venom shows the effects of sin in our lives. While sin doesn't work quickly, it still boils from the inside. What happens when you put a pot of water on to boil and forget about it? It begins to scorch the inside of the pot. Blackens it to a point sometimes where it's not even worth using anymore. It has to be thrown out. When sin took hold of Adam and Eve, it forever changed them. They were scorched and blackened on the inside. They were no longer able to live in the garden. So God drove them out of His presence. And they passed that scorched, blackened nature onto all their descendants. The first genealogy, well, first genealogy of the faithful in the book of Genesis tells us Adam fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. Several generations later, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was very great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Even when Jesus walked the earth, it was no different. He tells Nicodemus and those who may have been around, the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. But God doesn't and never sends judgment by itself. With the judgment, He also sends redemption. As sin's venom has scorched and blackened us, God sent His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and forced sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus had flesh and blood like you and me, yet without sin. Much like Moses' bronze serpent, the bronze serpent looked like the fiery serpents, but it had no venom. Jesus had the likeness of human flesh, but he had no sin. God's redemption looks like the judgment. It took the judgment away through faith, faith that looks up for salvation. Jesus tells Nicodemus, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. When the Israelites writhed in the agony of the serpent's venom, they looked up onto the bronze serpent and were healed and allowed to live. So also those who look up to Jesus' cross in faith are healed of their sins and given everlasting life. Our psalm this morning also promises redemption. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. The Israelites cried out in the wilderness, and God lifted up the bronze serpent for their deliverance. 
We cry out in the depths of our sin. And God has lifted up His Son for our deliverance. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. His cross is not a source of shame. His cross is our Ebenezer, our symbol of God's help, where we can and should look for deliverance in every trouble and distress, where streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. These streams of mercy come from the tears and the blood shed and flowing down His cross. From these streams of mercy, Jesus shows the immeasurable riches of His grace. Grace that has saved us who look up for salvation. In a moment, we'll sing just that. My faith looks up to Thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Your faith, looking up to the cross in the agony caused by sin's venom, receives forgiveness, receives salvation, receives everlasting life. This is why Jesus is the life of all the living. He is the death of death, our foe. He is to whom we look atop the hill of Calvary, showing us what salvation looks like, showing us what the kingdom of God is all about, showing us what comes after our earthly life is done. Amen.